Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. I'm so excited that you guys are here today, whether you're um, sitting here in person or maybe you're watching or listening to this online later. We are kicking off a brand new message series that I'm so excited about called Go Fish. Um, Go Fish, and I, th- I think it's going to be a great series. It's, uh, it's no secret that we are a church that has a desire to reach those people that are outside of our walls, that are outside of our church um, In fact, we like to say that we'll do anything short of sin to reach people that are far from God. We're radical. We'll just do whatever it takes. And so this whole series, we're going to be looking at how we can personally, effectively reach those people um, that are inside of our circle of influence, but outside of a relationship with God. And we're learning about what that means. Um, Our theme verse for this series comes out of Matthew chapter 4 starting in verse 18 and verse 19. And it says this, if, uh, if you got your message notes today, you can pull those out, you can follow along with me. All of your scripture is going to be listed there as well. And I promise you, if you take notes, you, uh, science has proven that you're going to retain it so much better. So take notes today, you got a pen, you got a paper, you got all the stuff that you need. All right, let's jump in. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 says... While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So so Jesus here, what's happening is Jesus is starting um, his ministry on the earth. He's about 30 years old. It's a good age, if I say so myself. He's starting his ministry on the earth, and so he's gathering his 12 disciples, his 12 main followers that are going to be kind of the, the, the essential core group of, his, of the church going forward, and he's, he's starting to gather them. And, and what he says to his disciples then, what he's saying to them then, I believe that he's still saying to his disciples today. And he says this, he says, follow me and I will make you. Now, follow me and I'll make you. Some people, if you've not read this verse, um, it goes on to say, some of you know, but some of you don't know what it says. If you, if you, if you don't know, some of your guesses might be Jesus would say, uh, follow me and I'll make you holy. Follow me and I'll make you super spiritual. Follow me and I'll make you uh, organized and disciplined or a great student or a great mom, a great dad, a great husband. And, and, and he does all of those things, but primarily that's not what Jesus came to do. Primarily, uh, uh, this is what he said. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, fishers of people. So Jesus is saying there in verse 19, he says, he says you've been fishing for fish. Peter and, and, his, and his brother, they were fishing for fish. And, and he's saying, using the exact same techniques that you would use to fish I'm going to teach you to catch people. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 10, actually, um, it, it says it like this. From now on, you will catch 
people. You will catch men. You will catch people. And immediately, when I bring up this topic, really, of, of, uh, of sharing our faith or catching people or this big word, right, evangelism, this topic always creates, I mean, I can, I can stand here. I feel it right now. Okay, I feel it right here in the room. It, it creates this, uh-oh, oh, my goodness. You're, now he's going to shove our hands full of tracks, and he's going to ask us to go door to door. And, and no, that's not what we're going to do today. It's not what we're going to do at all, okay? Uh, you, you just you feel the emotions of what it, whatever uh, people feel when they're sharing their faith. Here's what I want to do today and for the next few weeks for the rest of August. First, I want to show you how important it is. And now I'm never going to ask you to do something that I'm not going to first show you how to do. Okay, I want, to, I want you to see how important it is for us to fish for people, to catch people, to reach people. And, and then and I, while I'm doing that, I want to jo- show you that there's joy that's found right in the middle of it. And then I want to show you some responses that you might take when Jesus says, come follow me. And because I know what you're thinking right now. I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking, you're thinking, Michael, I love Jesus, but I just really think it might be better if I kind of kept that to myself. Like, like I love Jesus, but I, if, I, if I ever get into a discussion, they're going to win because I just don't put me in that, that situation. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Or <laughs> they're going to win the debate. Like, they might actually convert me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they might win and convert me because I, I have no idea what I'm doing. So here's what I want to show you. Oh, this is this is primarily what followers of Jesus do. Okay, this is what this is primarily what followers do. Followers, followers fish. This is what they do. Followers fish. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to show you why it's important and how you can do it. So I, I really think you're going to enjoy it, but you're going to have to commit to coming every Sunday this month if you really want to get the, the wholeness, the fullness of what this message is. I, I need you to come every single week this month because I don't want you to miss out on anything important that we're discussing. So when I, when I started studying for this series, um, I, was, I was just thinking about people and I was thinking about all of the excuses that, because, you know, people are just full of excuses, right? No matter what we're doing, people are just full of excuses. Uh, in fact, I have a joke about excuses. Do you guys want to hear it? You guys want, okay. We got a resounding yes right here in the front. Okay, so this man is driving. He's driving on the road. He's just swerving all over the place. And so he gets pulled over, and the officer comes to the window, makes him step out of the car. He said, okay, uh, sir, we're going to have to do a breathalyzer on you. And, and he said, oh, you can't, you can't do that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm asthmatic. I, I could die right here on the highway. He said, well, okay, um, then, then I'm just going to take you back to the police station, and we're going to run a blood test on you. He said, well, you can't do that. He said, why? He said, well, I'm a, I'm a hemophiliac. I could just bleed out and die right there. He said, all right, well, then I'm just going to need you to walk this straight line. He said, well, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm drunk. <laughs> no excuses. People, no excuses. 
So while we're, while we're looking at this, um, here's some excuses that I believe while I was studying. I was thinking about uh, you all. I was thinking about where I was and, and some excuses why we, why we don't fish. Uh, first one, uh, because we didn't know we were supposed to fish. Some of us just, some of us just don't know. We're, we're, and here's what I'm going to do. We're going to look into God's word this, this month and we're going to see that fishing is what followers do. So by the end of this, uh, it's, it won't be because you don't know anymore. Uh, second one, um, some people don't fish because we don't know how. We don't know how to fish. We just, we just, we're just unaware. Uh, and you say, you know what? I would be involved here. I would be involved at the church. I would be involved in, in, in sharing my faith with other people. But I just, I, if I knew how, I just don't know how. And, and my job, my job as your pastor is to prepare you for that. In fact, um, one of the verses that we're going to be looking at later in this series that it, it says that each of you should be prepared to give a response for the hope that you have. And so my job is to prepare you because you should be prepared to be able to give a response when people ask, why? Why do you have that hope? I don't understand. My job is going to be to prepare you. And then, and then the third reason, um, why don't we fish uh, this, is, this is probably the main one because we're afraid. We're afraid to fish. Some people are afraid to fish. There's, there's emotion that's attached to this thing. And, and maybe to some of us there's even um, embarrassment that might be attached to it. Um, maybe it's because in our minds we think, I don't want to be one of them. And, and you're like, one of those. You guys know who I'm talking about. That stereotypical evangelist, right? Like, um, in your mind... Picture an evangelist, right? Some of you guys have been in church. Picture an evangelist. What do what do you what do you picture? A lot of you might picture that angry preacher on the street corner that stands outside and he 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 says, "You need to repent. You need to repent. You're going to hell." It's two syllables here in the south. You're going to hell. You need to repent. You got to repent. And uh, the Turner Burn kind of person. Um, you know what, maybe God uses them that way. I don't know, that's not my style, but that is, that's between uh, them and God to figure out. Um, but what I want to tell you is probably the person most responsible for you coming to Christ didn't look like that. True? They, didn't, they probably didn't look like that. Put in, put in your mind the person that's most responsible for you coming to Christ, and here's what probably comes to your mind. Adjectives like kind, caring, generous, prayerful, good things. People that, that, that fished for you and they didn't throw like a stick of dynamite in the lake and say, you're going to come in this boat one way or another, kicking and screaming. The person that is most responsible for winning you to Christ, probably they had something that was like a lure that was attractive for you and helpful for you. And they were kind, they were caring, they were generous, they were prayerful. There's, there's, there's a man that I think of when I think of um, the person who, led, who, who is most responsible for leading me to Christ. His name is uh, Will King, and he, he was a youth pastor um, in, in Florida where I where, where um, I was living and going to high school. He was a, a youth pastor there, Will King. He was, 
he was an, an awesome guy, and every week he would come on Wednesdays to the school, and he was, and I was, I was a staunch atheist, guys, didn't believe a word of it, didn't want to hear about it, and he came every single Wednesday, and he would sit with the students, he would eat with them, he'd hang out, and, and there was always laughter around him, he was just, you could tell, even I hated Christians, but I thought, eh, he's all right, I guess, and there's flies all up here, um, but, but. He would come every single Wednesday, and every single Wednesday, he would, he would throw it out there to me. He'd say, hey, Michael, youth group tonight, you, are you coming? And I'd say, beep, no, I'm not coming. <laughs> Edit it, because we're in church. Um, but I'd say, no, heck no, I'm not, I'm not coming. It's just not going to happen. And he, every week, he'd come back, and he'd throw it back out there. He'd say, hey, you coming? You really, it's really fun. You're really going to enjoy yourself. There's... There's games, we have fun, there's, there's cool music, it's, it's, we have food, you tell me we got food, I'm going to be there most of the time. And he kept throwing it out there and throwing it out there and throwing it out there. And, and, and finally I, I gave in, I'll tell you more about the, the story here in a, in a little bit, but, but when I think of Will, when I think of Pastor Will, he's pastoring a church right now in North Carolina, and uh, when I think of him, I think he patient because he dealt with me. He was fun. People loved to be around him. He was caring. He was inclusive. Guys, and I just want to stand up here this morning and I just want to honor that person publicly. That, that person that without him throwing that lure to me over and over and over, I wouldn't be here today. So can I just honor today? Maybe, maybe not only him for me, but can we just honor today those people that led us to Christ? Can we just give them honor in this room? You might be asking right now, okay, Michael, what are you doing? You're up to something. And I'm going to tell you, I'm always up to something. Okay, I'm always up to, I'm always scheming. And, and there's, there's something that we do around here that's called stacking the dominoes, meaning one thing is going to lead into another, and it's going to lead into another, it's going to lead into another, and, and we're about to come into a season in about a month, about four weeks from now, six weeks from now, we're going to come into a season, and I can't explain it, I don't understand it. But the entire time that I've been in ministry, this is the truth, that when we get into the fall season, lots of people start coming to church. I, I don't get it. Whatever reason it is, um, there's, like, there's a harvest in the natural, and there's also uh, a harvest in the spiritual. And tons of people give their lives to Jesus. They get saved. Every fall it happens. I still can't explain why, but... But we know it's happening. And so if I'm a good pastor, if I'm doing a good job as your spiritual leader, I'm, I'm trying to give you these messages before we get there, before we go into that season so you're ready and prepared for what God wants to do. Because there's going to be a day about four to six weeks from now, even if you don't come on Sundays for, for the month of August, there's going to be a day where People are coming. People are going to be ready to receive Jesus. And we need to be ready to share it with them. And so, so I'm trying to prepare you for that season. Now let me, let me lay out for you what we're doing um, as a church as we go into that season. 
Um, and really, even beyond that, so next Sunday, August 14th, next Sunday, we're going to be praying over all of our teachers. We're going to be praying over all, all of our school staff and our students. We're going to be asking God to guide them, to protect them in the coming school year, because their influence matters. Their influence, they have the opportunity to make a difference in the eternity of the students and staff that are going to be around them this year. And so we're going to pray over them next Sunday. So parents, if you got kids, bring their backpacks because we're going to have a tag that we put on there. We're going to pray over them. We're going to pray over all the bags. And, and, and it's just going to be a great time. We're going to ask God to protect them first, but also to use them. Because God, let me tell you, there is no junior Holy Spirit. There's only the Holy Spirit. And so God can work through an 8-year-old just like he can work through a 30-year-old. And we want to pray that, that that would happen through our students. That's happening next week, okay? Um, and then August 28th through September 3rd, um, we're going to have seven days of prayer. So as a church, we're going to be really focused for one week. We aren't just doing this to, to get ourselves out of the summer slump and to kind of get our lives back in order. That's going to happen, but we're it with a singular focus, okay? For these seven days, we're going to be praying. We're going to be all praying because we know that there are people that need to know God in our community. And we need to pray for them. We need to, we're, we're going to take them and we're going to, we don't, you don't even need to invite them yet. What we're going to be doing is we're just going to start lifting them up to God and praying for them because this fall could be their fall. Then September rolls around and people are going to start showing up and, and lost people are going to be coming and people are going to be looking for something that is significant. And so in September we're going to be doing a series that we call Stress Out because, uh, and we're going to learn to begin to, we're going to begin to learn how Jesus can guide us to live a life that's, that is free of stress and full of substance. Because people are stressed. Can I get an amen? People are stressed. And I think people would, especially those that are far from God, because they've got nothing to lean on. And those people would love to know how to live a life that is free from stress. And then in October, I'm going to have another series just for you, just to, to build you guys up. Um, it's going to be called Ghost Stories, and we're going to talk about all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk all about what he does in the life of a believer and in the life of the unbelievers, because then in November, we come right back around, and we're going to have a very others-focused message series. And guys, this is probably going to be maybe the most out-of-the-box thing that you've seen in church maybe your entire life. Okay, I don't want to build it up too much, but we're going to have the, the this is going to be your best opportunity all year long to invite friends that are far from God. We're going to be doing a series that we're calling At the Movies. And what we're going to do is we're going to take movies, we're going to watch clips from movies and stuff here in church, and we're going to take the redemptive truth that, that's in those movies, and we're going to show people how living a life that is full of Jesus can lead you to these redemptive truths. And it's going to be so others-focused. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have uh, soda. We're going to make it a big ordeal. 
so that we can invite all of our friends and family and people that are far from God that will come in to the church and we can Jesus juke them. You know what I mean? We can just, before they know it, they're bought in. They don't even know why. That, that, that fish, it, it hit and they didn't even know why. And the reason that this series is happening right now is because of what is coming up so you can be prepared for what's coming. And this is like, honestly, one of the best parts of my job is that I get to be the spiritual, the, the, just the, the, tour, the spiritual tour guide here for, for you guys. I get, to, I get to feed you and then I get to lead you and I get to feed you and lead you and then and help you take these next steps. And, and, and together, I think that we can do something that is significant for the glory of God. What do you guys think? Can I get an amen on that? That's pretty... Some of you guys... Okay, let me talk about this fishing thing, okay? Let me talk. Um, this morning, I want to give you four simple reasons that you need to be um, a fisher of men. You need to learn this art of sharing your faith. Four simple reasons this morning, because this is what followers of Jesus are supposed to be like. This is how we fish, okay? Number, number one, why? Fishing is fun, Fishing is fun. I don't know if you guys have ever been fishing, but if you're good at it, it's really fun. And, and I, Fishing for people is not as scary as you think. It really isn't. It's not as scary as you think. In fact, let me say it this way. I wish that you could have the experience of it. I wish that you could experience... What it, what it feels like when someone gives their life to Christ because of, because of some role that you played in their life. It's fun. I, I, I don't know if there's many Christian experiences that top this one. I'm not sure that there's a bigger thrill in all of Christianity than knowing that you play a significant role in someone else coming to uh, eternity. That their, that their destiny has been eternally altered because of a role that you played. And now listen, I, I, I want it for them, of course, but I want it for you too. I want it for you too. And I would be, if I didn't do this, I'd be robbing you of one of the greatest joys of life that you get to say, I played a role in that person spending an eternity in heaven rather than hell. And it's a cool feeling. It's awesome. And the Bible talks about it in the light of fun. Did you know that? Luke chapter 15 and verse 1 says this. In the same way I tell you, listen, there's a party that goes on in heaven. Can we get that up there? Luke 15, 10. There's a party that happens in heaven. When one sinner repents, when one person comes to a life in Christ, heaven is partying. This is fun. It's, it's as fun as if you knew the cure for cancer. How cool would that be? Like you knew the cure. Hey, I see what you're going through, and I got the answer. I got it for you. We have the cure for eternal death. And so it's fun to share it with people. We have the cure for loneliness, for insecurity, for hopelessness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 
says this, all this from God who reconciled himself to us, which is an accounting term, it means to, to bring the balance to zero. He reconciled himself to us. He brought our balance to zero, and so therefore he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He brought our account to zero, and so we should go and help other people find the same blessing in their life, that their account can be zero as well. And then he's committed to us the, that message of reconciliation. And we're Christ's ambassadors, and as, as though God has making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God brought our balance to zero like the, like the bank statement. God says, I know you incurred the bill, but you don't have to pay for it. God is making his appeal through us. And this is God's plan. This is not God's plan B. You are God's plan A to share your faith. Number two, number two, not only is fishing fun, fishing is necessary. Fishing is necessary. And I'm going to say this, and, and this is going to be the most theological part of this message this morning, okay? Guys, look at me. This is not a game. It's not a game. It's not, it's not about, this is not about building a church. This is not about an organizational thing. Heaven and hell are real. And people actually go to one of them. People actually go to heaven or people actually go to hell. And a lot of that is based on how good a job the church does at this And remember, we're the ones that are the carriers of the message. Listen, I, like, I'm not trying to be heavy here. I'm not trying to put so much on you. I'm saying that in light of that, this isn't an option. This is something that we need to do. Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 13 says this, says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's true, but you know, but the opposite is also true. As if it's saying, everyone who doesn't call on the name of the Lord is not going to be saved. Salvation is found in no one else but in the name of Jesus. Then it goes on to say, but, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him unless they've, if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being without a pastor like me that doesn't do a series like this and teach them how to share this message? And this is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Guys, you got beautiful feet. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, those are some beautiful... Just kidding, don't do that. That's nasty. Y'all looking at people's feet. Nasty. And, and listen, here, some people have the opinion in, the, in this life, some people have the opinion like, well, God has already worked all that stuff out. He, he's picked some people to go to heaven. He's picked some people to go to hell. He, he, he picked a lot of good things to happen to some people, and he picked all of the rape and the murder and the bad things to happen to other people. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Guys, it's doctrinal error. They're not understanding the Scripture. God is sovereign, which means that he knows what all is going on, but, but he's left it up to us. 
And that's why the Bible says in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. Jesus, hasn't, God hasn't come back. Jesus hasn't come back yet. He's not slow in keeping his promise. He hasn't come back yet because he's patient. Listen, not wanting anyone to perish. But, say that word with me, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants everybody. Doesn't matter what their life looks like. He wants everybody in the family. The only Jesus, the only reason that Jesus hasn't come back yet is in the hopes that someone else might respond. Number 3. Jesus asked us to go fishing. Guys, and this could be my only point of the whole message today and it would still be true. Like, I don't need anything else. Jesus asks us to do it. Let's say, let, let me say it this way. When you called Jesus Lord, you gave him the authority to call the shots. And, and so when he says it, we don't just get to, um, well, let me think about that for a second. Like, I'm not really sure I want to do it yet. And No, we don't get to do that. We kind of we just do it because the, the one who, who hung on the cross and he bled and he died for us, because he's asking us to. That's why we do it. In fact, we, we, we call that ask that Jesus makes, we call that the Great Commission. And, and the Great Commission is in all five of the books of the, the five first books of the New Testament. And they all end with this same ask from Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. He says, therefore go. He, he says, therefore go. Uh, don't gather. Like, I, I know that you Christians like to, know you Christians like to get in a room and just sing kumbaya. And that's fine. But I'm going to need y'all to get out of here. You know, that's southern for, go. Get out of here. Jesus said, I need you that's great that you want to gather, but I need you to go. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, go into all the world. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 20, or, or, excuse me, verse 47 says, with my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations. John chapter 20, verse 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you'll, be, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so that you can be really cool in church. No, so you can have a really great time on Sunday mornings. No, you'll receive power so that you can be my witnesses in the world. You can be the one who testifies of me. Jesus said, go. And I don't know if you're new to this church or not, but, but here's what you need to know. We are a great commission church. We are a great commission church. We, we love, listen, we love caring for you. We love uh, serving you and ministering to you and being there for your family. But I'm so sorry to tell you, that's not primarily why we exist. We are the church and we exist for the world we, we, we don't exist so you can check off a little Sunday morning attendance box. No, we believe that God has called us to make a difference in our community and around the world. God wants to send us out as workers into his harvest field. And this is why we exist. 
And I'm sharing this with you so we don't forget. Because there's a gravitational pull for us to always do what's best for us. But we've already been caught. We've already given our lives to Jesus. We're already followers. And followers fish. And then finally, number four. We were all fish once. This one gets a little, this one gets me every time. We were all fish once. And I'm so thankful for this guy named Will King who didn't settle for a no. And he threw another lure out there over and over and over. And I'm grateful because at just 16 years old, I just turned 16, I was in the darkest place of my life. I had just lost my only remaining parent. I just lost my father to a heart attack. And I was all alone and I was sitting in my new room and I was at my wrestling coach's house because he, my wrestling coach took me in and I was hopeless and I was angry and I had no direction and I didn't know which way to turn. I had lost my mother to suicide at 13 years old and I just lost my father to a heart attack. And it would have been so simple for my life to just be another statistic. I should be a statistic today. I, I, I should just be another number on a paper of another teenager who took his life after their parent took theirs. But this amazing man named Will King, when I was laying there in the bed, he popped into my head. And it just so happened to be a Wednesday night. And he popped into my head because week after week after week after week, he said, come on, Michael. I said, no. He said, come on, Michael, give it a try. No. Come on, Michael. You, you just want to try this. There's something better. There's something better out there than what you're living for. And when the time came and I needed it more than ever, I said, all right. I'll give this Jesus thing a try. Why do we reach lost people? Because God never stopped reaching out for me. And he's never stopped reaching out for you. I'll close with this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. Guys, I have no other choice. I've got no choice. You, you might, you say, really, you want more people in here? You really, you're, you're always talking about reaching somebody else. You're always talking about making room for somebody else. Another event, really, another project. Guys, I can't help it because Christ's love compels me. I've got to do it. I'm convinced that he didn't just die for me, that he died for all. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to continue to preach, to reach, to plan, to make room, to lead. And I will continue to pastor a church that won't rest until every single person that is within the realm of influence knows the same hope that was given to me. Can I get a better amen than that church? We're going to do this. 
because he died for us all. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.